Hi there, and welcome to Manningham Christian Centre's Sermon of the Week. I'm so glad you joined us. My name is Matt Wyatt, and I'm the lead pastor here. My prayer for you is that as you listen, you encounter God, and find this message practically helpful. It would mean a lot to us if you were able to rate and subscribe. This not only lets us know how we can serve you better, but also spreads the message to those who need to hear it. Hey, thanks so much again, and I look forward to catching up with you later. Bye. Fantastic. Well, how are we doing? Wow. What a great time of worship this morning. Wasn't there just something? Isn't there just something in the atmosphere here, right? Yeah, God is doing something great and I am just so glad that you've come. If you're new here uh, to us or you're watching us online for the first time, thank you for joining in and uh, type something in the chat. We can actually see it in the room if you type something in and we'd love to hear from you. If you're here in the room and you want to type something in the chat, you can be super spiritual and do that as well. Is that cool? All right, my name's Pastor Matt and uh, I'm Senior Leader here with uh, Anna and I lead this with an incredible group of leaders and uh, growing leaders. How many know that we're all growing? Amen? Well, we have been on a journey uh, lately of um, the kingdom must do's. It's like this aspect of personal revival. We've started to define what personal revival is, what revival is, and and it's this place of this continual place of improvement, all right? Who wants continual place of improvement? It, you know, the, de- the, the definition actually says a turn of events that changes everything around. Who needs something to change around in their life, right? All right. Who can see that things are changing in their life already? Yes. How good is that? Amen. And you see, things start to change within our life when we position ourselves in the King of Kings and Lord of Lords, right? How many know that if you turn up to a gym doesn't mean you're going to get fit? Right, you got to get in there. You know, how many know that you, just because you turn up to church doesn't mean you're spiritual? Yeah. Oh, a few little yes, amens, but that's all right. But uh, you know, it, it is about this aspect of, of personal leadership, personal revival. And last week we talked about the fact that our prayer should be, Lord, send revival. Lord, send revival. And who can tell me what the next bit is? Ah, gold stars to my mum. And let it start with me. Thanks, Sam. Let it start with me. Let it begin in me. I I just invite you, put your hands out like that, and that might be something weird. It's like you're going to get something from God. And, you know, we've given worship to the Lord. And and the, the Lord says it's his good pleasure to bless us. It's his good pleasure to give us things. And so you just might want to say, Lord, send revival and let it begin in me. Just between you and him, that's it. It's a sovereign moment right now. When we turn to him and when we pray, Lord, send revival, let it begin in me. Let it begin in my heart, in my mind, in every single aspect of who I am, Lord. In Jesus' name. We said amen. I know you're sitting down, high five somebody beside you or around you or something. Hey, it's just so good to be together. It really is. Remember all those years ago that there used to be this like COVID thing that you couldn't touch each other and you couldn't hug each other? You know, blow that off. We are the church and we're about being with each other and in the community. Amen. 
So we've been discovering something really, really clear. And, um, and uh, I just want to do a, a, a recap of the last few weeks. And, and, and you might, I know some of you might be sitting there going, oh, he's going to say all that again. And hey, guess what? You know, you know how many times Anna has to say something to me for me to get it? So much. I'm actually going to go say so, so much, much. I mean, that's how much, right? It's like, it's like if you want to hear something and you want to learn it, then double it and double that again, right, for, for me to get it. I know I'm not as smart as you, so um, for you it might only take a few times. Is that cool? Okay, yeah, you don't know whether to agree with that or not. But anyway, but uh, we are about the kingdom must-dos. And so I'm going to recap just the last couple of weeks. And we are about what? Destroying distractions. Destroying distractions, just dealing and getting rid of those things. The Bible says, and Paul said it, these things, these things that so easily weigh us down, those things that divide us. Remember the story of Mary and Martha? And, uh, you know, Martha had a bit of a whinge to Jesus because Mary was sitting at Jesus' feet. And, uh, and I love how Jesus doubled things up. You know, if he says, if Jesus says your name once, you ought to pay attention. If he says it twice, watch out. You know, I used to sit in church as a little kid and I used to play up and stuff like that and mum from the other side of the room, I daren't look at her because I could just tell the eyes of justice were peering at me and I'd look across and she'd give me one finger and I'd go, that's once. All right, and a few minutes would go by and, 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 and I could feel those eyes of justice looking again. And I'd look over through the corner of my eye and she'd go, that's twice. And let me tell you, you did not want to be in my world if it was three times, right? Three strikes and you're out. Hey, destroy distractions. And Jesus said to Martha, 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 you are worried, anxious, distracted. Any word you want to put in there about many things. But Mary has chosen one thing. Mary chose to lay aside those distractions, even what was culturally expected. Isn't that funny? Even what was culturally expected of her, she chose the best thing, and that was to sit down at the feet of Jesus, listening to every word that came from him. Isn't that amazing? So we've got to destroy distractions, don't we, hey? The next one, what's the next one? Word up, what's that about? That's about getting more of the word into you. You can't get more of the word into you unless you're reading it. So open it, learn it. You know, and, and it may be that you, you can consume a whole chapter. It may be that you can consume a whole four words. Whatever it is, the Bible says that the power of life and death is in what? The tongue? It's in the word as well. And so it says uh, in Psalms that the word gives health and life to all flesh. Isn't that great? You know, we've got a mental health problem in our, in our community, in our society at the moment, and uh, you might be experiencing somebody with that. Hey, it's the Word of God that can bring health and stability to our community and mental health. Amen? The next one was an A.W. Tozer uh, thing. What was, what was it? Get dissatisfied with yourself. Here I am. Hey, high fives. Hey, high fives. Get dissatisfied with yourself. You know, what, it, what is it? What, what does that mean? That means... Hey, nothing's going to change until you really decide and choose that it needs to change. Hey, I'm dissatisfied in this area of my life, so I'm going to do something about it. 
Hey, and this is, we're talking about personal revival. Amen. The fourth thing was do a thorough job of repenting. And I keep on saying it, you know, sometimes it's this prayer, Lord, if, if I've done anything wrong today. Anybody prayed that general prayer? I have all the time. If uh, it's like this soft, soft, easy does it approach. If. You know, Paul said, I do the things that I shouldn't do. I don't do the things that I should do. But then Jesus went on, God went on to say, my grace is sufficient. So get this, get this. Walk in this way. Lord, I repent. And you name those things. Do a thorough job of it. Take time. Allow there to be conviction and sorrow in that area of repentance. Allow it. Be real about it. All right? I repent of X, Y, and Z, those things that you know. And then you might go, Lord, of anything else, anything else, help, help me learn and know. Because guess what? You can't change it if you don't know it. You don't know what you don't know, right? And you see, we allow the Holy Spirit, who's the wonderful teacher, to lead us in that way and step into that place of doing a thorough job of repentance of this moment. And friends, it's not about condemnation. It's not about the Lord keeping it over you. What it is, it's about setting you free of all of that to draw you up and pull you up. Amen? How good is God? This is what the Bible says. This is what God's intention for your life is, to pull you up out of the miry clay, as the old song says, and into this place of a beautiful formed person. Turn the person behind you and say, you're a beautiful formed person. Who, who saw the back head, the back of somebody's head because they were turning it right? Yeah. Okay. That always makes me laugh when, you know, in meetings people do that. You go, oh, hang on, I've got to wait till, oh, ah, ah, and it's all a mess. Anyway. And the fifth thing is what we're going to be talking about today. The fifth thing is this walk in the way of blessing. Walk in the way of blessing blessing. It's a mistake to look for grace to visit us as a kind of benign magic. Grace is not just something, just soppy, lovey thing that just like, you know, sprinkles a bit of gold dust around or a few little sparkles on fairy bread and, and you know, and, and, and all is well. That's not what grace is all about. Grace is powerful. Grace is as a result, as a direct result of God's love for you and me. Grace is as a result of the power that we celebrated this morning of Jesus' death, the, his blood that was shed for the remission of sins. And that is for the complete annihilation of sin in our life, that thing that separates us from God. It fulfills the scripture that God said, be holy as I am holy. What a statement that we are suddenly transformed from a wretch into this place of being so holy, we are in the likeness of God himself. Friends, that is grace. That is grace. It's not a benign magic. And we can't expect God's help to come as a windfall apart from conditions that we know and that we are committing to meeting. Hello? There are plainly marked paths which lead straight to the green pastures. 
Let us walk in them. To desire revival, for instance, and at the same time to neglect our devotion to prayer and the word is to wish one way and walk another. Friends, I believe we're coming into a wonderful season of harvest. I believe that we are coming into a wonderful season of where repentance will come upon people's lives that they not only will understand that they are given this opportunity of being made holy as God is holy, but they actually turn from the life that they were living into the way of blessing. That, friends, is community revival. Amen? The funny thing is, there are some things in this world, oh, how do I say this? There are some things that seem really old-fashioned. But old-fashioned, like, did anybody date and have a chaperone? My mother-in-law dated and had a chaperone. My sister, you're showing your age now, Sandra. Um, <laughs> did anybody date and have a chaperone? There are only two hands. No one, no. So you were the rebellious <laughs> 70s. Oh, Aaliyah will. No. <coughs> I'm not going to embarrass Shyla, but you know what I'm thinking, right? Um, like some of those things like, are a little bit old-fashioned, right? Are a little bit old-fashioned. But what, what was it to prevent? Ah, oh, come on. Come on. We're, in, we're okay here, right? Yeah, right, right. Listen, nothing good happens after midnight. Let me just tell you that, right? <laughs> be home. You know what I'm saying? Like, listen, like, like it can be, it, you know, things can happen all anywhere, right? But there, it's a bit harder to happen when there's somebody got their peepers on you, right? Right? And, and I'm a red-blooded male. I was 16 once and I might have been interested in, uh, one thing particularly at that time. And it, a chaperone was important. But, a sh but, but now, where do you hear of a chaperone with two people going out? It seems old-fashioned, doesn't it? It seems like an invasion of my privacy. Listen, I'm, I'm not... I'm not... <laughs> right. Um, listen... I'm not, I'm not advocating this in any way, shape or form, all right? It's not, a, it's not a rule, it's not a law, it's just the 11th commandment. No, I'm joking, it's not. It's, it's not, it's not. What I'm saying is, there was flipping good reason to walk in the way of blessing, now this is a holy moment, to walk in the way of blessing means, hey, there's some... There's some things that we've got to do that may seem old-fashioned, that may be con contrary to what the world's popular opinion is, but it is absolutely vital to our personal reformation, to our personal revival. Amen? Yeah. 
Amen? All right. So how, how, how do we walk in the way of blessing? How do, I'm glad you asked that. Thank you so much for asking that. How do we ask in the way of blessing? And, 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 and how do we walk in that way? So I, entitled, I wanted to title today's message a little bit like um, walk in your reward. Can you say that? Walk in your reward. Maybe walk in the reward might be, or even this, say walk in my reward. Because at some time, we've got to personalise that to walk in our reward is to walk in this space of always being revived. I love what the scripture says that his mercy is in you every morning. Praise God. Because yesterday, I don't want to go back there. Right? Today, I want to be in today. I want to be in this fresh moment with him. Uh, walking in his continual grace. Amen? So how do we walk in the reward? So I actually heard somebody say this uh, just recently, and, um, and uh, it was a quote by Earl Johnson. And he said this, he said, quote, when you wash somebody's feet, you find out why they walk the way that they do. If somebody's like... And you were to wash that feet, you'd you'd find that there might be a structural change to that person's foot, right? I've I've had a bit of a sore knee, and I wonder whether it's way back when I broke my right leg, and I played basketball on a plaster cast and right leg when I shouldn't have, idiotic, right? And I'm I'm playing around, and this is fun and all that. And now I just notice that this foot is a little bit flatter than my left one. Well, what happens if your arch closes in? It changes your position of your knee, and there's strain, there's uneven strain on the knee. Right, The way that I walk, the way what's happened in my past has affected my present. Guess what? The way you walk today will affect tomorrow. tomorrow. You see? And so, in, and often it's not these massive changes, right? I'm going to get up at 3 a.m. in the morning and I'm going to Shunda Mahanda until 6 a.m. in the morning. And no, 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 no. It's these little small changes that happen. It's these small things that you do consistently and you change and adjust those habits and and it's those small things that add up, right? If you were to have a crunchy chocolate bar one a day, that'd be okay, wouldn't it? Right, yeah, amen, right, right? Yeah, but guess what? The like 863 calories that that has, I don't know, that's just a guess, right? That 1 million calories that that has, right, eventually in 24 months' time after building up those calories and not burning it, guess what's going to happen? You're going to look in the mirror and you're going to be a very different person, (laughs) There might be two or three worth of you, right? The point is, the point is, is that what we do today, those small things that we do today affect our tomorrow. When you wash somebody's feet, when you wash somebody's feet, you find out why they walk the way they do. Friends, this is the key for us to see personal revival and revival in our community. 
In other words, it's pretty hard to criticise someone when you understand the journey that they have had throughout their life. And it is also true that the way you and I walk today determines the blessings of tomorrow. The way we live, what we invest in, what holds our thoughts, what holds our attention will determine the fruit or the gain of tomorrow. How many of you know that you can reap a bad harvest (coughs) as a result of what you sowed before, right? So sometimes I think this area of personal repentance and doing a thorough job of repenting God gives us this opportunity just to clean the slate and just go, you know, do away with whatever was in your past because he has a glorious future for you. And I love what Kelly said this morning. It's not a glorious future aside from pain. There will be pain. There will be areas of growth. The Lord allows things in our life in order to grow and shape us. Who has ever had a chip on their shoulder? Yeah, well, we've all had it, right? Right? Man, I used to hear that all the time. You just got a chip on your shoulder. In other words, you've got a bad attitude. Yeah, shape up. I love what my brother says to his kids. You can sleep inside or outside. Your choice. Okay. Didn't go as good as the chaperone thing, Kelly, but sure. For example, worrying and being in fear today means decisions and actions from that space affect tomorrow, don't they? It might affect the way you invest. It might affect the way you call or even what you choose to do or not to do. COVID was a beautiful example. I'm not going out because what if? All right? Now, don't get me wrong. There's wisdom. There's being sensible. But at the same time, there is the biggest thing is key listening to the Holy Spirit. Key listening to the voice of God. Listening in that space of, Lord, help me in this. Lord, help. I don't know where to go. I don't know what to do in this area. Where do I put that money? Where do I invest my time? Who do I serve? Who should I call today? And I'm not going to be afraid of picking up the phone and saying g'day. I'm not going to be afraid to saying, hey, I'm going to pray for you, even if that person doesn't believe in the power of prayer. Amen? 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18 says, but we all with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. You would have heard it said before, we become like that which we gaze upon. That's actually embedded into us. It's actually a childhood development that takes place, that we become like that which we focus on. Our children often reflect us. Hello? Sometimes that brings great joy. 
sometimes it reveals some inner workings of our own need for adjustment. Amen, Matt. Yeah, woo, good point. So the way you walk and things that you focus upon determine your personal revival. What you focus on determines how well you will be revived, how well you will step into what the Lord has planned for you. So it is important that we walk in the reward. So personal revival means that you have encountered Jesus who, like in John chapter 4, changed a woman who lived in Samaria and she will forever be known as the woman of Samaria. (laughs) Maybe she had those crunchies. She was quoted as saying, my words, this guy, this man that I met has told me everything that I ever did. Really? Isn't that funny that that's what she got out of that encounter? Can you imagine somebody knocking on your front door? Hey, hey, one of your neighbours or one of... Has anybody got neighbours in their street that they just don't really want to speak to or don't talk to? Okay, Rosie has, yeah, yeah. Anybody else? You know, there's those neighbours that, you know, they've either got the dogs that bark in the middle of the night or they're dirty, or, you know, or they, they don't cut their lawn or they... You know, it's, those, it's those, all those neighbours that are nosy or annoying. You know, they lead neighbourhood watch or something like that. You know what I'm saying? Right. You know, it's, it's, can you imagine one of them knocking on your door and saying, I met a guy. He told me everything that I ever did. Right. Yeah. So? But this is what she was saying. He told me everything that I did. And because he did that, I am forever changed. And as a result, we look back in history and Samaria went through a massive revival of where the disciples went in and Paul and Silas went in and and they found that there was this monstrous group of believers that needed foundation and they were able there to teach them and lead them and grow them in their own era of personal revival. But I wouldn't want a stranger telling me everything that I ever did. Can you imagine? You know, yesterday, Matt, you uh, did this and you did that and you did that. How? Why? Why on earth does that bring revival? (sighs) It brings revival... Because nothing's hidden before God. And as humans, we weren't made to hide things. We were made actually to be brought into this beautiful space of transparency with him. Look at this relationship that Adam and Eve had with God before they sinned this beautiful space of innocence, of this beautiful interaction. And then sin came in and they hid. They tried to hide. What a crazy thing to try and do. The creator of heaven and earth. And we think that we can hide. Friends, there is beautiful freedom when we 
Come to our senses. And I love what God says. Come, let us reason together. Come, let us speak with one another so that I can help you. The power of confession, the power of repentance, the power of I don't want anything to be hidden anymore. And that's not to be revealed to everyone around you. It might be a chosen one or two trusted people. But nothing's hidden before God. Nothing. Friends, we're talking about personal revival. We're talking about coming clean and being in this space of, Lord, I give you everything. Because without you, I am nothing. Hello? Jesus sees you. He knows you. And he knows why you walk the way that you walk. Personal revival is when you begin to walk in the calling that Jesus has prepared for you. You begin to walk differently. Meeting Jesus changes you from walking from a place in your past to walking in the reward of your future in him. I've heard it once said that when the devil reminds you of your past, you need to remind him of his future. Begin to walk in your reward today. Now, most of you already know this story. And <clears throat> can I be transparent? I, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me give you a deal. I'll be transparent if you're transparent. <laughs> yeah, yeah, a few less amens. But anyway, um, I'll be transparent. Sometimes I don't like to talk about this because I don't want to be seen as somebody who goes on and on about it. Is that cool? All right, yeah? And, but as many of you know, I've, I'm healed of stage four cancer, right? As many, as many of you know that. And like, praise God. Like nobody needs more reminding about that than I do, okay? But you see, as, we, as I was going through the journey of being healed, certain things take place in, a, in, in certain things took place in my mind. Uh, things like what if? What if I don't walk Shyla down the aisle when on her wedding day after being chaperoned on every single day? No, I'm sorry. <laughs> What if, what if I'm not here today, right now? That was back then. What if? And so there are very human and natural moments that take place of where it is, my goodness, I have to take stock here. I have to, and it's not just, you know, heard the saying, prepare for the worst and hope for the best. Let me put it this way. Wisdom prepares but also trusts. Wisdom prepares that what I'm facing is something serious 
But at the same time, I either have committed my life into God's hands or I haven't. And so I knew that during this journey, I had to come to a place of I am going to tackle this from every conceivable angle and do everything that I could. And in spite of putting a plan of action in place, there was one thing that has to get into gear. The Bible describes our mind as the battleground. It's like the last frontier that needs to be overcome. And I had to come to that place of I am doing this in order to reach my reward. And we can approach life with, well, my reward is, uh, you know, blessings in heaven. (laughs) Or I can walk in the reward, engage my will with the will of God. And in that way, great power is released. Can I bring up that next slide? Every two weeks, I went in and I got chemotherapy. Uh, It was about one litre. It was about one litre of a certain chemical. Um, It was about 400 grams. Can I have the one before? Thanks. Um, It was about one litre of a certain one and then... um, Sorry, it was about uh, 400 grams of one and then about one litre of another. It would take about two hours to go through and, uh, and I had this port uh, of which um, uh, they would plug into. It was like the matrix, you know, plug in there and it was a tube that went over my clavicle and into one of my major arteries so that it would, the chemotherapy would be straight through the heart into the rest of my body, right? <laughs> most effective delivery of poison in the world, right? Um, and so uh, I, and, and what I'm trying to explain to you is this, is that when you're going through something like this, there's like a resolve that has to take place. And the resolve that has to take place is this moment of, of this is awful. And I, I, I want to be absolutely clear that there are, there are a lot of people here that have faced circumstances that is just terrible, okay? And they may not be physical. They may be, you know, lo- losing homes through to, you know, uh, businesses, through to health, uh, relationships, whatever it might be. But I want to explain this moment that as soon as I knew that as soon as that big needle went in to the port in my chest and as soon as that drip started, I could just feel this heaviness and this sickness and weight just come over every single area of my body. This tiredness that would just absolutely reduce. And the funny thing is, is that I wasn't feeling any ill effects from the cancer. 
And you see, so often what's happening in our life, we may not be feeling the ill effects of those little things that we do that inhibit our personal revival, but we're unaware of them. And you see, the work of the Holy Spirit and the work of confession and repentance is suddenly this awareness of, Lord, there are are a few things that I need to adjust and I need to actually align my will with yours. And, and it's like, and, you know, it's not we lay our will down because he's given us a will to operate properly, to choose what we ought to choose. And so as this took place, and you'll see the big bag up on the stand and everything like that, and as, as it went through, it just, it's just like, and I, and I had to come to this moment of, no, I will not be subject to this. I will not be subject to the normal narrative of losing hair, of coming under, of of body, you will receive what you need to receive. Chemotherapy, you will do what you need to do. But at the same time, it is spirit man within Matthew Wyatt. Right now, you had better raise up. Will you choose what you need to do? You choose who you need to be. And so what I started doing is I started taking in the laptop and I'm working and nurses would come in and there'd be prophetic words and words of knowledge over them. And I'd go, this, is, this feels like rubbish. I feel terrible. What's happening at a cellular level in my body is a terrible thing. I feel awful, but I refuse to be submitted to it. Why? Because the will of God and my will, his word and his promises are causing a personal revival in my life in spite of the circumstances being faced. Then comes one of the first most joyous days. So after that chemotherapy, I'd go home with a little bottle. (laughs) It seemed like I was dragging three tons. It was this little bottle here and that chemotherapy would continue to go into my system for three days afterwards. Many of you wouldn't have known here that just hours beforehand, I've had chemotherapy taken out of my chest and I'm able to stand up and preach. And I tell you, some of the most powerful moments in the times was stepping up on this stage with my insides just wrenching inside. But as soon as I begin to preach the word, it goes. Friends, when we align our will, when we align ourselves. Now, I'm not saying there's not times to rest. There were times that I was flat out on the couch, wiped out. And that's appropriate and that's okay. But that not, doesn't mean I'm down. I'm just resting. And then comes this moment that I look forward to. See that guy beside me with the beanie on? That was his first. That was his first day of chemotherapy. I wasn't getting chemotherapy that day. I was just handing back the cytotoxic waste of the chemotherapy Baxter bottles. But on one hand, I thought, 
how joyous it is. But what if that guy there hasn't got the resolve? What if that guy there has got a different diagnosis to me? What if that guy there is not walking with the Lord? Friends, to get rid of the waste, the toxic waste of your past, the sin, the areas that we battle with so much, to get rid of that means that you step into a place of this personal revival. And the Lord will never ever have you walk through what you and him together can't handle. God never let David go up against Goliath without knowing that David had it within him to defeat that man. Friends, whatever Goliath you're facing, whatever it might be, I would encourage you, walk in the way of blessing. Walk with the understanding that no, the promises of God are yes and amen. The promises of God is that he has promised me that as I honour my father and my mother, that I will have a long life. The promises of God are that his grace is sufficient for me when I fall down, that though a righteous man falls seven times, seven times he'll get back up again. The promises of God is that I have and walk in authority over any demonic entity that tries to come against and attack the will of God operating in my life. The promises of God is that his words, his word is health and life to my flesh that adjusts and changes the cellular structure of my body. That I don't need to walk with the limp of the past that I can run into this amazing, glorious future that he has for both you and me. We have to walk in our reward. We have to walk in the reward that the Lord is placing upon us as a church and it starts at an individual level. It starts with you and it starts with me. Can we pray? Can you make a commitment today? When Jesus walked in, when he rode in on that donkey, on that unridden, unbroken uh, un, um, in cult, that they, he came in and they sang, Hosanna, Hosanna, Hosanna. He knew that within days, that city would be saying, crucify him. He walked in the reward, knowing, the Bible says in Hebrews, that it was the joy set before him, that he endured the cross, despised the shame, that you and I would walk in the reward of blessing that you and I would walk in the reward, no matter that life gets sucky sometimes, that we can still walk in the reward of heavenly blessing. Amen? Let's pray. Stand up. Let's pray. Thank you, Father. Father, right now, Holy Spirit, we just invite you. 
would you empower your word in and through our life? We ask right now that you would release the reward of blessing. Would you release, Heavenly Father, a supernatural empowerment, a grace, Lord, that these words would be ignited in our heart, in our mind, in our spirit. Lord, that we align our will with yours. That we get rid of the toxic waste of our past. And Lord, we walk in the reward, the reward the reward of the harvest, the reward of health, the reward of, of, of provision, Lord. Lord, we walk in that reward. Lord, I pray for those that don't see that reward yet. Father, your word says that, that delayed hope makes the heart sick. Lord, I ask that you there would be an infusion of hope. Great hope, Lord. Great hope, Lord. And that hope would be realised. Hope in you, Lord. Lord, I ask for breakthrough and answered prayer. Lord, I ask that you would destroy the things that cause the delay of your will and intention. Lord, right now, if we have been the blockage, Lord, we repent and would you forgive us? And now, Lord, let us walk in the ever-increasing grow of blessing, Lord. In Jesus' name. We all said? Well, thank you so much for joining us today. My name is Anna. I trust that during the service, God was moving in your heart and his presence was where you are. Just before we say goodbye today, I'd love to give you an opportunity to say yes to Jesus. If today's message spoke to you, or you've been considering believing in Jesus as your savior, then I would love to invite you to do that now. Would you repeat this short prayer after me? Dear Jesus, I believe that you are the Son of God. I believe that you died for my sins and that you rose again to give me life. I ask you to forgive my sins and be my Lord and my Saviour. I open my heart to you today. Amen. If you said yes to Jesus today, we would love to hear from you. We would love to celebrate with you, pray with you and help you start your Jesus journey. Visit our website, manninghamcc.org and go to the I Said Yes page. Fill out your details and one of our leaders will get in touch with you. We would love to hear your story. Hey, thanks for joining in today and being part of our service. If you enjoyed today's service, would you click the share button and subscribe to MCC so you can stay connected? We all need some good news and we would love to hear how God has spoken to you today.
Visit manninghamcc.org and fill out a good news story form today. If you would love to know more how to grow in your relationship with God, then Next Steps provides the path for you. Visit manninghamcc.org to find out more. Thanks for watching. We'll see you next time.